Hey everyone, what's going on? My name is Stephanie Graham. I'm an artist and filmmaker, and I'm also an extremely curious person. Some will go as far as to say that I am nosy as the, the nerve. <laughs> I started this podcast because I wanted to interview people. I'm not just talking to anyone either. I'm talking to people who are in the thick of what they do. I want to know how they live their life and how they get things done so that I could apply some of their savvy to my own life. I'm sharing this with you so that you too can do the same. We can do it together. We all gotta start somewhere, and if you're not looking for practical info, stick around anyway, because my guests are fascinating, and it's my goal to get to the bottom of their shh. I mean, aren't we all just a little bit curious of what it's like to live someone else's life? And if we do it the same? There are also times when I will feel called to catch up with you one-on-one and let you know about what's going on with me, either in life or with my art practice. You didn't think I'd get the dirt on all these cool people and not let you know what's going on with me, did you? I mean, I'm a Libra. We believe in balance. Listen, I am a big believer that even though we are all different, we can still find ways to relate to each other. It's time to get down to business, so welcome to the Nosy AF Podcast. Hey guys, first things first, before we get into today's conversation, I want to give a big congratulations to Amanda who produces this podcast. She recently was married and I'm just so excited for her. I've known her a very long time and she is a wonderful person and I am just so excited for her new journey. So Amanda, Congratulations and thank you for helping me with this podcast. You are 100% a part of my self-care routine in creating this show. So thank you so much. Congratulations, boo. Congratulations, Amanda. Okay, so this is a very exciting day because of course we just congratulated Amanda for being married. Um, Another thing I wanted to bring to your attention, pretty please, is that I am planning a question, listener question episode, ask me anything style episode, never done anything like this before, and I thought it could be fun. And so if you have questions, please send them to me at, I have an Instagram for Nosy AF, so at the Nosy AF pod that is the instagram if you could send the questions there or you can also send the questions just to my email at stephanie at missgram.com i would love that i think it should be fun and we'll just see where it goes so i will be announcing that and reminding you as the shows go on until it's time for me to answer the questions so that is something fun that i'm looking forward to and So let's get into today's conversation, my curious mind friends. So today we're diving into the vibrant world of landscape architecture with the incredible Macy Nelson, who is a landscape designer who not only sculpts outdoor spaces, but also weaves compelling stories through her podcast, The Landscape Nerd, and her journalism. Ever wondered what it takes to design the landscapes beyond your front lawn? Well, today we're going to uncover all of this is Macy's journey into landscape architecture and explore the intricacies of her craft. Forget about just stepping on someone's grass. Have you all ever been in trouble for that? I used to get in trouble for doing that all the time. Like my grandma's neighbor, get off that grass, get off that grass. It's like, 
lady, I need to cross your grass to get to the gas station to get my sun-kissed fruit gems. <laughs> shut up. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I would never tell an old lady to shut up. I would. I just would not dare. In my mind, yes, but absolutely not. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so Macy is also going to, um, she's going to define the difference between a landscape architect and a landscaper and then you know we've all seen these shows like pit my ride hip hop my house but what about pit my lawn so i asked macy about this kind of stuff and we just get imaginative exploring how she envisions how she envisions ultimate lawn transformation and prepare for creative journey into the world of landscape architecture so I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation. Macy is awesome. She's going to tell us who we need to look at for landscape architecture. I just never knew about this field really until I met my friend Carolina and then until I became close friends with Macy. And so I'm really, really excited for you to hear this conversation. And um, I don't know, I think it's a fascinating journey. You know, we're landscaping meets storytelling and we get to discover connection. She forges between people and the captivating world of landscape architecture. I mean, yeah, this is really nerdy, but I really think that you guys will enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Macy Nelson. All right. Are you ready to do this? I am so ready. I'm so excited. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Macy, for being on my podcast. <laughs> thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Macy, you are a landscape architect. Can you tell us what that is? means because I feel like when I think of landscape architecture I think of just like my parents have called like the landscapers mm -hmm. over so can you talk about it yes so I am trained as a landscape architect I have to still pass my licensure exams because that is one of the big differences is that a landscape architect is licensed to uh. practice in public realm so like the parks the streets and so like i could actually do the drawings that people build from versus a landscape designer who can still do the conceptual and do a lot of the process but they just don't have the authority to say like a hundred percent safe for public like use they just don't have that authority so that's the big difference um and then when you have a landscaper or a gardener or a horticulturalist, those are all like specialists in the actual care of the landscape and the maintenance. So you can think of like the design side where uh -huh. a landscape architect, that's the profession is to design the outdoor spaces. A landscape designer can be also a horticulturalist, also a landscaper, also a like gardener, you know, because they are maybe laying out the plans, but they're also taking care of the space. So that's how okay. I would break it down is like design professional versus like design professional and like care and maintenance. So that would be. And it's like yours is professional versus, I mean, not that like, I guess the landscapers that come to my folks house, they can have an opinion about where. Exactly. Right. Go. Like, you can design like anyone could be a designer in a way. Um, but when you're a landscape architect or d trained as a designer, you learn how to design in a lot of different spaces versus like just say someone's yard or backyard. You learn how to 
design a park or design a street or design a plaza. Like you learn about all the outdoor things that need design help versus like, yeah. you know, what's appropriate. <laughs> I feel like this is somewhat in the medical field too with nurses. I feel like they have like these layers like this, like there's like mm-hmm. the one nurse that just comes around and like scans your bracelet to give you your aspirin. And then there's the ones that can like write you a prescription <laughs> and do your pap oh, smear. Like it's just yeah. like, le- it's like there's levels to this. Oh yeah, exactly. It's like the ambiguous, like invisible world of outdoor space and care like you know you walk outside you don't really think about how it got built you don't think about who takes care of it it's just there and you know that someone in theory is responsible for it and the same but you know that's handled somewhere else (laughs) and i think (laughs) like having that as like a example of like the different nurses different niches same thing like you could be an expert in designing camps you can be an expert in designing like garden beds. You can be an expert in like specialize in all these things. Yeah. And yeah. And that's what's pretty cool. Cause it's like all of the outside. So <laughs> there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot to look at. How did you get into that? <laughs> um, I spent entirely too much time outside. Um, and I really thought that like gardening was a hobby like it did not cross my mind once that it was a job like working outside in gardens and designing them was a job don't know why i think i (laughs) the american school system made me very like uh science oriented so i didn't have a full scope of like how to blend art and science. Like I loved both, but I thought I had to pick. So in like, so for undergrad, I went to school for biomedical humanities and it was like basically pre-med pre-med with some ethics classes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that was it. Um, And then I took uh, for a science course, like a like credit, I took a ecology lab Mm -hmm. and that was what really opened my eyes to like, oh, these giant systems that you look at, like waters and streams, like, and just how do you know what they are? And they connect everything. And that was like, it blew my mind. And also the maps were really, really pretty. Hmm. Like that made, that made like that we had to make and had to study from. So I learned a lot about plant, like, communities and you know like what's a prairie what's a meadow and how do we protect the pollinators like what is a butterfly garden like that is what that course like helped me get in touch with and then it started to shed a light on people a lot Mm -hmm. and like how people started to look at their landscapes like people in general don't tend to care about all of the big systems but they do care about their butterfly garden and you're Mm. like okay so if i get to talk to like a homeowner about a butterfly garden and educate them on that that makes a big difference you know do that a hundred times and all of a sudden you have a hundred butterfly gardens and you start to build a system so yeah. long story short is like after i finished school i was like i do not want to go to medical school that did not seem good so i took up uh gardening as a stop gap really um okay and then when i was like i found out it was a job i found out that there was a like professional degree 
about outdoor spaces and designing. And it just so happened to open up a school downtown Cleveland, which is where I live. And so I was like, oh, it's only a 20 minute commute to what could possibly be my dream career. Okay, I will apply. (laughs) Yeah, I got in. Yeah. Who told you it was a job? You just saw somebody else doing it or? Um, I, <laughs> yeah. So my <laughs> boss uh, at the landscaping slash gardening company, I was like, oh, I like, how do I maybe get more into this? Like with you? Cause she always used me for design stuff. So oh, she'd be like, okay. where do you, where do you think this plant should go? Where do you think that should go? And that was like so fun to me. And I was like, oh man, I wish I could do this all day. And she was like, well, I guess you could get a design certificate and I was like a what and she was like yeah you could do that but she was kind of against her herself getting any of it she just was like I don't really need it and that's true there's so many self-taught people out there and yeah but I had no idea what design was like literally until the first day I stepped into grad school I was like I don't know what design is they accepted me and I had no idea. Like, I gave a portfolio and everything. It was just like, I didn't know what design meant until yeah. I started doing it. So my boss was like, yeah, you could do that. And then I Googled it. And then I f- found out that landscape architecture was a thing. Oh, Google. wow. So you're like bosses out here giving advice that she should be taking kind of thing? <laughs> Pro- <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, you know, that's well, not she's a, inaccurate. Knowledgeable, knowledgeable about it at least like she she was could. knowledgeable and i think it was like they're very um like off the grid kind of people like i think they just didn't want paper trails anywhere <laughs> so yeah. like getting, yeah, yeah i know right i know you're like don't mess up my job <laughs> that's exactly they're like i guess you could go do that but like don't bring that that bureaucratic nonsense here is probably what they're thinking yeah and sometimes people have just been in like the game for so long they don't even think about that there are like educational resources I know I like find that in my field too like people they've just been like like they've grown up in film or whatever and they're just yeah. like oh you could take a class like oh they have this like that's what you went to school for like you know they're just so shocked but I, I really feel that because I think that's why I didn't know it was a career. I thought it was something that had to be passed down, that you had to spend, like, that you could only get through experience, which is true. I mean, nothing matches experience. But when you don't have, yeah, growing up in it or something like that, like, I didn't, my my mom didn't have, like, a garden. My aunt mm-hmm. did and my grandmother did. But once again, a hobby. So like if yeah. you didn't if no one in your family was making a living off of this stuff, how would you really know? And you probably understand this. It's like, what are the jobs you know about? What mom does, what dad does, or whatever, like you what your parents do. Sure. Maybe the firefighter, <laughs> policeman, yeah. lawyer, doctor. Yeah. And then that's it. Like those are the jobs that you know about. And so there's all the other ones. And unless someone tells you or you experience it somehow, that yeah, like how yeah. are you going to know? Especially probably say, with podcasting too. Sorry. Oh, no, yeah. totally. Totally. I feel like I remember I went on with this guy who said, and I always remember this quote, he's like, you have a job that nobody knows about, like that people just aren't aware of. And I remember that when I met a girl who was a jeweler and I'm just like, wait a minute. You like play with <laughs> beautiful precious stones all day she's like yeah it's pretty great and I'm just like I didn't even think of that like you know like I find like people will be doing these jobs where I'm like oh my god if I would have known that I might have like checked Mm -hmm. at least looked into it at least looked into it 
Absolutely. And I, I just think, uh, yeah, we don't get, I don't think that career exploration happens a lot for the people who are probably in that middle ground of like, not like I'm artistic, I'm creative, but I'm not, I don't identify as like an artist per se, because my view growing up of what artistry was, was very like visual, very like 2d almost, but like, and I didn't have that skill set. But now there's terms like creative that are floating around in my circle and it's just different. And like, you know, as an artist that there's just, there's so much out there, but you can only consume so much. And we do rely, I think on like our network to show us what that is. And if people don't know, like that, I know, they don't know. You never know. So You know, you mentioned, um, like, with public parks and stuff, like, that you have to make it safe. Did Mm -hmm. you see something like that? Like, I guess I want to know. This might sound, like, stupid, but how does, like, a public park, isn't it just sort of automatically safe? I mean, it's a park. No, see, when you remember (laughs) what you mentioned about, like, an invisible job or, or yeah. like something that no one knows about. Yeah. So it's like in a open space, right. You have to uh-huh. think that a lot of the stuff that we see around us was not there. Right. Okay. Like, it's not, <laughs> this is not what the natural world looks like. Yeah. So that means there are choices that have to be made in order to build a space. So if you think about something like central park, Right, mm-hmm. which is one of yeah, the biggest that's hallmarks. What, so that's what came to mind. Yeah, and that yeah. is like one of the most famous pieces of landscape architecture, if not the most famous piece of landscape architecture. And that whole place is designed, like down to every mound, down to every grouping of trees, down to every hedge. Like because imagine if you just put up a giant wall of trees around the entire perimeter, no one could see in. Like that's not <laughs> safe either. Like, yeah, right? yeah, but. <laughs> So that means choices had to be made in order to think about how people move through the space. And so health, safety, and welfare, that's what we you know really focus on, is making sure things aren't trip hazards, making sure people can walk or utilize the paths if they're a wheelchair user or any type of disability. You know, how do you make a place accessible? Because yeah. I could have put up stairs everywhere and then all of a sudden no one's allowed in who doesn't fit a very like narrow profile of a user sure so that is how i would start to explain like if you look at something like central park what you imagine is safe is derived from a series of choices not just there because if you think about a uh, like going hiking or something yeah that is more nat more natural and you know what that's like you know rocky trails you got to watch your step you know you yeah. sometimes have to lean up against like a ridge like that's not necessarily safe it can be fun and adventurous sure. but not like safe so that that is how i would frame man that. i feel like these public spaces they need to have credits like films thank you we've been like, trying to do that like <laughs> so glad you said that uh, as so you were talking, so I'm like, man, that sounds like a lot of people, a lot of meetings, a lot of oh, back and forth. And it should say 100%. like, welcome to Central Park. 
designed by blah, blah, blah with Macy and Malcolm and Cheryl. <laughs> and <laughs> I like, 100% these are the people who participated. Agree. And the thing is, like, I love that you said that because it's actually a kind of a campaign that I'm working on with my oh, really? with my group is like showing the faces behind the spaces. I didn't mean to make that rhyme that just came out. I know, but right. it was bars. bars. <laughs> but it's that idea is like there's so many people that go into making a space, but because we don't think about it, like even a parking lot. Do you know how many meetings you have to have about a parking lot? It's insane. And really? <laughs> oh yeah. Like because you're talking about utilities, like your the sewer district, civil engineering, which is really they do a lot of that. You have to look at landscaping to make sure that they're screening so that you don't have headlights running into people's like doors and like windows. And then you also have to think about like the amount of spaces that are there. And like, there's just so much that goes into it. And yeah, no one knows, but it's all it's it's like for people by people. So yeah, yeah, having credits would be amazing to be like, you know what? Yes. So, So they'll buy they're just like a little, a little sign, a little, a little, little sign. Plaque, Listen, you know? when we get, when we pay for our parking, the receipt comes out. Yes. With like, yeah. <laughs> I want, I want, yeah, I want the ribbon receipt for all of it. Or like yes. QR code, just a little, like if someone wants to scan it, just to be like, oh, who built this space? I think would do so much to help people understand. Yeah, that there's like people in their community who like had a hand in making this everyday space. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because here in Pooch Cove, like right across the street is the Atlantic Ocean, right? Wow. And it's, I know, I'm like, these people really like have it made. And then um, there are some houses up the hill and someone's built, obviously, I'm I'm sure some like architecture company, but somebody had like built basically like a creek that like runs through the rocks, like it runs over Mm. these rocks. And they has like that like little metal tunnel thing. I don't know like what these things are called that the like, water is going through. But it's like dumping into the Atlantic Ocean. Like, and I'm like, I wonder how they figured it out because the water, like, I don't know if there's probably like above us some other kind of like lake because there's just water mm-hmm. all around here that like they figured out and they've dug this through. But it's just like so pretty. And it's like, because you could tell I'm like, there's no way they place these rocks here, right? Is this stuff natural? But you don't know. Maybe they did move stuff around. I have absolutely no idea, but I just love how, like, if you don't have a house directly across from the ocean and it's up that you're, like, still connected to the water, which is, like, such a great quality of, like, living in this, such a great attribute of, like, living over here. So I'm just, like, now I'm like, I wonder who built that? Like, who mm-hmm. decided that? Because it's so smart because it's like everybody still gets to, like, now the person who owns this gallery, their backyard is the Atlantic Ocean. It is amazing. And Macy, they have a sea lion that comes visit them. Ah. I know. That's amazing. You're like, what? But I'm just, I'm just like, okay, that's amazing. So, like, yeah, these people up here can have this, like, little creek running you know, and it's like still yeah. connected because when you go down there, you do see that tunnel, like, and you do see it opening up into the ocean. Yeah, so I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. There's a phrase that's really popular. It's also a book in landscape 
architecture called Design with Nature. Mm. So it is a book that is very old. And like, I think it's wonderful, but it just, yeah, it's like 50, 60 years old and we still reference it, but it's not, it's not like the sentiment is there. <laughs> and I think that is what I want to focus on. <laughs> um, but it is like a tenant of that. So it's like, you know, highlighting things that are already happening in nature, kind of this sort of belief of we can't make it better. Well, I'm not going to say that. There's a lot of like very different types of practice. Like some people try to really push what we understand as nature um, yeah. and do something really like fun, like that floating island out. I, I should know. Maybe you edit this part out. You look it up yourself. But there's that floating <laughs> island in New York with like the like that looks like a bunch of Q-tips uh-huh. floating. Like a, there, a landscape architecture firm worked on that project. It's never. It's like it's not just one, you know. Personally, oh. but you know, so people try to push that idea of like what's natural and what's acceptable is natural when you're working with people in different environments. But yeah, you know, I I personally practice is like how can we work with what we have already, what was already here, you know. But yeah different kinds of practice so that example that you have is yeah really using the natural landscape as a way to amplify yeah the gallery space like you're like i'm not gonna compete with the ocean yeah Yeah. how do we work with it (laughs) make it more make it more obvious how amazing it is yeah yeah so you have your podcast the landscape nerd i do And it's such a great project, especially for a nerd such as myself to just binge out on information I had no idea I wanted to know. (laughs) Because it's so specific. Um, Talk about it. How did you, why'd you do it? And like, is it, and is it for the everyday person like myself? It seems like it's both. It it is both. I think it's more so for yeah, general audience. Yeah. Because it started off as a like mini cry for help, I guess. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, I was finishing up grad school in design mm-hmm. and as as wonderful as I think the profession is, the future outlook on it is very bleak for women especially women Mm. of color and especially mothers which i was you know i still am but it was like it was like mid-career and you kind of tap out because unless you have the like time to dedicate in this very traditional design setting then like which is which the stereotype is a ton of hours like 60 hour work weeks minimum you know you're eat sleep and breathe the work you're getting the drawings out, like a bunch of meetings, you know, it's just like this like passionate work, but it wasn't about people and it wasn't like Mm. connecting anything. So I had kind of resigned myself to, I may not have a foot in this world after I graduate and I love what it can do. So that's why I started the podcast because I wanted to connect with other people that I could continue to talk about this with. And I, didn't know who they were because the world is so very like kind of narrow and yeah. small because landscape architects are like they're not that many of us <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah. At, at least in the u.s and like abroad there's a ton of different fields that like all very much so deal with landscape architecture and i started off doing it anonymously telling stories of places i had been and then eventually 
as it grew, I started to put my name out there. And thanks to you, that your encouragement, I started to put my face out there. Mm-hmm. And then so before I knew it, I was like the first woman of color mother to have a podcast in landscape architecture. And I didn't know that at the time. That's not how I set it out to be. But it slowly became apparent as the podcast grew. And then I started to be able to talk about a ton of different stuff. It started off with like, yeah, me nerding out about things that I thought were cool in our profession that I knew people didn't know about. And then it started to be a space where people could talk about some real issues that they see in the industry, but also in communities in general. And, you know, a big topic I just covered, which doesn't seem to be related to landscape at all, which was imposter syndrome. But that Mm. was something that I just used like the landscape world's experience of that and but it related to something that a lot of people like a general audience oh for sure you know experience so yeah it was this nerdy little outlet so i could continue talking about it but now it's turned into this platform to like bring awareness to a bunch of different stories that exist in landscape yeah no i think it's really cool that you've taken this ministry on (laughs) (laughs) it kind of does feel like doesn't it (laughs) yeah and you know what's so ridiculous it's just so wild to me that like folks are like and she's a mother it's like oh dude are you kidding like come on like that's become a thing even in art world like residencies where like you know artists can go similar to here and just like focus on their work it's become like a big deal now like this is for families like for people to bring their families or bring their kids and it's just like well yeah like of course you you should be able to bring your kid but like the fact that this is just like a new concept of allowing like this is an apartment I'm in honestly like you know anybody like if I had a kid they could totally be in here like playing as we're talking like I just I don't know it's just it just blows my mind how wild it is in 2023 people being like and you know macy she's a woman of color she's a you know doing this landscape project and she's a mother yeah no she's a mother it's like (laughs) are you kidding (laughs) you're absolutely there's um a book that just came out called soil by camille dungy and she talks about that pretty exclusively it's it's about her being a writer and a poet but also being a mom and she is transforming her like HOA stereotypical lawn into a pollinator garden. And she like talks about that process and then analyze it with like her experience as a black mother. And it was incredible, but she talks a lot about this whole, we aren't allowed to put our mothering in our work. And so it's so hard to like, yeah, like it's great that people are paying attention to it and highlighting it, but there have been creatives who have been mothers for so, so long. And just it's, it is impressive. I do like, woo, go moms. But we adapt and had to like, we do this all the time and like celebrating it. Great. But more like make room for us. Yeah. Great too. Um, But also being the first is not that great like to be like oh we're doing this now or we're the first residency to like allow for families or we're the first or i'm the first mother who has a podcast on landscape architecture not cool because we've been doing this for a long time and yeah. it's 
and we've been around, you know, <laughs> for a while. Yeah, and so. I love seeing people's kids. Like, you know, I feel like it doesn't make you any less of a person if your child mm-hmm. comes into the camera and he's sitting there eating chicken tenders. You know, it's yeah. not like, oh, you know what? I was going to hire Macy, but you know what? Her son came <laughs> in. And it's like, are you serious? Like, it's just so wild to me. Like there's yeah. that there was that news anchor who was talking and like his kids oh, yeah. came in the background. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the mom was just like, no, but it's when like- she dove in to grab the kid, <laughs> like, oh my God. It just I feel like I think about like if that kid would just came in there like March and just like was like hanging out next to their dad, it was like cool. And like we would all like acknowledge how cute that kid was and uh-huh. then just like continue listening to the news program. You know, it was just yeah. like I don't know. It just blows my mind. But I'm going to check out um, soil because, yeah, yeah, I I have an HOA where I live. And um, there's a curator who I interviewed on this podcast who has like maybe it's a pollinator garden, but it's like all natural stuff. Mm -hmm. And you could tell that it's like it's curated. Like you could tell everything's intentional. But the city is like her neighbors are always calling the city on her. Because they like act like it's weeds. But oh, yeah. then when the city comes out, <laughs> I think the guy was like, I wish more people would do this. This is great. <laughs> yeah. They're like, are you kidding me? You're like, you just saved us X amount of water. Like you're by doing this kind of landscaping, you're saving the city money. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. No, people, people are attached to their lawns. I have a whole episode on that. People are really attached to their lawns. <laughs> hey. I just want to pop in here real quick to let you know that I'm an artist. I make work about social class, subcultures, race, and gender. These topics are complex, they're interesting, and they come up in my life all the time. Because I love to laugh, a lot of my work has humorous tones. I genuinely enjoy making and creating all sorts of things. My main medium is photography and film, but I also enjoy organizing art events. I would love to keep you in the loop of everything that's going on with my art exhibition. So please consider signing up for the Studiogram newsletter at MissGram.com slash sign up. Okay, back to the top. I know because, all right, so like when I was like young, I would get yelled at for like walking on my grandma's oh, neighbor's yeah. lawn. Is that really a bad thing to walk on lawn? No, that is what it's like built for. But I will say this, like... <laughs> People, this is nothing to do with a plant. <laughs> People <laughs> are protective over their lawns for a whole bunch of reasons that they don't even understand. Like, no, it's not a bad thing, except for the fact that the clean, crisp green lines mark your property. Like, that's mm. what that is. So it's like, don't walk on their lawn unless it's freshly seeded or sure. something like that. Walking on someone's lawn is not a bad thing it's supposed to handle the traffic that is what these lawns were designed to do but no there's nothing wrong with it you're not hurting the plant you're just hurting someone's ego you're hurting someone's like sense of material (laughs) like that is that's all i can imagine i feel like that point I feel like I should drive you around with like a megaphone and we should just like yell at these neighbors. Yeah, like, just, just be like, your lawn's not kids. that important. Yeah. <laughs> you are more than your lawn. Maybe that's the messaging. Let's turn it around. <laughs> For sure. For sure. So like thinking about like folks' lawns, you know, um, I was thinking about as you were talking, 
like using the like nature around us or, you know, designing spaces. You know, I think about like my neighborhood, like black and brown areas that, you know, might not have nature. Like how could we make it prettier? And, and <laughs> Oh my gosh. And you know what too? I feel mm. like as somebody who doesn't like bugs, like a butterfly garden does sound cute, but like I don't want a butterfly to fly in my house. I'm afraid. What if there is like, Am I going to have like, if I have all this tall grass in my backyard, are rats about to be back there? Because then they're going to get in my house. <laughs> um, I think what's really fascinating. Okay, so we'll start with that point of like building a space that's like habitat, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. I get it. People are like, oh, if there are bugs, are they going to come into my house because they're already here? However, if you're building a space that they like. They'll stay in that space. That's how living things kind of work. Is yeah. if you build a space outside that's awesome, they're going to want to be in the awesome place outside rather than the confusing space inside your house, you know? Yeah. Um now when you have adaptive plants and or animals, let's just go with the whole rats idea, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have a very nice natural habitat in like cityscapes. So they adapt to the ever changing non stationary things of dumpsters and sewers and things like that. So they are constantly moving. They are constantly seeking out different places to be. But if there was a, and, and now they basically don't have a natural space to be. So if they did, that's I, I mean, bad. Yeah, right. Like, so that's where I'm like, I get it. The idea of them being in close proximity to you. But if you, you probably have no idea how many animals and insects are already in close proximity to you around your home that are perfectly comfortable where they are not interested in coming inside your house. So that would be my main like explanation of you build a nice place. That's where they're going to want to be. Like if you build birdhouses, like think about that. People love birds put a mm-hmm. birdhouse or a bird bath, you're not worried about a bird flying into your house. Yeah. So, so should I make plants that the rats don't like? <laughs> you can do, I mean, I don't think, I, I, <laughs> I would say rats are not the ones I would be concerned about. I think uh, they are a very urban dwelling uh, animal and uh, don't put garbage and stuff out. Keep your landscape <laughs> like nice and populated. And that's the other thing, populated, a like habitat will that's healthy will balance out. So you'll have okay, even you if you were descended upon by rats, which is a terrifying <laughs> thought. Okay, yes. but they're also going to be competing with squirrels, chipmunks, rabbits, maybe deer. I don't know where you are, but it's yeah. like Chicago, you yeah, know, there's going to be so yeah. many other animals that will be in that space that it's just not going to make a lot of sense for there to be this overwhelming one population um, mm-hmm. there. And yeah, like balance is key. That's why like a whole straight strict lawn with nothing else going on is also not good because that is just one thing. And so if it gets infected or there's a problem, it's like everything dies. (laughs) Like that's the monoculture is that term. So you don't want something to be a monoculture. Yeah. Is hiring a landscape architect or designer, is that like a luxury thing? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> design in general tends to be a luxury thing, which is why I did start the podcast as well as like education. Sure. You know, it's like there's a lot of things, especially for the everyday person, that they don't need. You don't need a designer to lay something out unless for some reason it's such a, a like if it takes the burden off of you, if it brings you peace, if you really have no idea what you're doing, hiring a designer can be really helpful. But yeah. um, a lot of times I think it's more like a consult. <laughs> like I think okay. there's a lot of like consulting to happen. So an archi- landscape architect, just it's just so expensive. I would say like starting rate for a landscape architect is like 75 to 150 per hour starting. Oh, wow. You know? And yeah. then if you go with like a full-on firm, then it's upwards of like 200 because that is for that like higher level of drawing like these safety documents essentially these like legal documents that you know if something's wrong they can get sued (laughs) like that is what why that cost is so high so that is that's why it's luxury and that's why that's usually reserved no not reserved but you see it more in public projects like things that are where people are really around a lot because the city wants to make sure everyone's safe so they're going to pay for that to make sure it happens or the developer or whatever is going to make sure that happens so they hire the landscape architect to make sure legal documents are and it's regulated you can't you can't build a public space really without without one so sure yeah no that makes total sense yeah but it is luxury there are people who will hire landscape architects for i mean that keeps me in business too yes so, i know that's right please yeah. keep the lights on yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, if i help them that's that's like the luxury is like they don't have the time and they want something beautiful i can do that yeah yeah who are some like are there like who are some famous landscape architects besides yourself oh yeah i know i know love about. thinking about that <laughs> um so yes myself um my my close friends because i'll have to plug them for yes there's um there these two wonderful designers um maggie ariavena she has her own firm called studio siembra and it's based out of denver colorado but her approach is just very like holistic and Mm -hmm. also a woman of color doing it on her own like she's amazing she's a rock star she's just so cool she was the emerging professional of the year in 2022 for landscape architecture like oh wow rock star and cool. then you have divine Ndemeye, and she's based out of vancouver so she's Ooh. in canada as well all yeah. the other side <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but uh she focuses on like bipoc spaces and like designers and amplifying them but also looking at afrofuturism as Ooh. a way to design spaces so like <laughs> those me. i was like those two definitely all stars to me but there's like that's our up and coming crew. But the yes. people who you would actually <laughs> recognize are like one is long gone, <laughs> but it's Frederick Law Olmsted. He's the one who designed Central Park. Um, oh, okay. And he's designed several other places like the Boston Commons. Um, uh, he was the landscape architect at the, for the World's Fair that was in Chicago. Oh, so, okay. Like laid out uh, some of those gardens too. But that was his last project, I think. Um, but then the one that's now like the hot hot one now is Piet Udolf and he's European. I don't know exactly where he's from, but he actually just got a profile in Vogue 
like last oh, month, wow. I think. Very cool. Um, Very cool. Go Piet. <laughs> I know. Yeah, go Piet. Um, <laughs> and he does these amazing plantings. So um, Millennium Park, the uh, gardens that are in there. Yeah. The, um, in the, like the walled like garden. Yeah. So yeah. GGN, I believe, they're, they're a big firm. Uh, they did the whole overall layout but piet did the planting and gotcha. that was the like that's one of the like showstoppers like i took so many videos when i was there because the planting is just so beautiful so like that's wow. kind of a, to show you that difference of like how niche it can be is like someone can do the whole plan you know yeah. for like the concept and then it gets taken to like the person who's local and like building it and is like finding the materials to figure out how this actually works and then that person goes to the plant person so then they can figure out exactly what's going to make this place shine so it's always so collaborative yeah so, like that's what's beautiful about the profession that's awesome i know it's gonna make me go back and look because yeah it's like it's like going to see art you have to see yeah. check out this architecture you know and when you find out something out. new you're like oh let me see this with a new set of set of lenses you know yeah um i think i was like i think that's it i think those are all the like all stars but okay let me see i like i wrote notes down <laughs> oh oh walter hood that's okay. someone you should definitely know he is unfortunately probably like one of the only black landscape designers he's like or a landscape artist really he's not okay. licensed and like made that decision it wasn't a it was like he wants to focus on his art in okay. landscape so you're looking wow. really fantastic and then also kona gray he is so cool like you'll look up his picture and you'll just be like this guy's the coolest guy ever and he is it's just so chill gray dreads like well pep like salt and pepper dreads nice hey super like he's always been an advocate for making the profession more diverse because like many professions in the U S it's been so white and yeah. male. And so yeah. he's like, we got to make it more diverse to make it more successful and adaptive and like sustainable. And he's, he's like been a big part of that. And then also last people that I think are like, you should know about there's a magazine called landscape architecture magazine. And Ooh. it's it's like a trade magazine, but people like it's a general public magazine too. But like that whole staff is super cool. But okay. the editor in chief, I love her. Her name is Jennifer Royt, and she is just like super cool and is also very much about like pr pushing the profession forward. So yeah. it's like her name would probably come up because she'd just be everywhere trying to. Yeah, <laughs> like she's probably someone who would love to put credits everywhere too. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for dropping those names. Yeah. What are you up to these days? Yeah, I am still podcasting. Yes. Lovely. Um, I work uh, at a firm, a very small firm, but it's all woman owned and operated. And it's That's amazing. Cool. <laughs> we work on local projects. And so I'm the residential department lead there. And that brings me a lot of joy. I like working with families. So yeah there's that and i am starting to do more public speaking which is really exciting that's very cool and live shows and so i just did my first live show at this private ish like arts collective dinner called rump food and they're local and they are just about building community and they're stemming out of like the muse like the music and the art scene and it's 
really cool. So to be invited to speak there, I was like, really? Me? That, did they okay. love it? They did. Or like, at least yeah. it seemed like it. I did invite a lot of my friends. So that way I would feel very comfortable. <laughs> but people really like seem to resonate with it because I picked a local story to tell. Um, and people, like, a lot of people don't know about these spaces because they don't look like how they used to. So how would you know it was here before? So, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, the big things, you know, with you being a resident focus or you're like the residential director at your firm <laughs> and you do like the community piece of everything. <laughs> All right. So, you know that there's Pit My Ride. There's Hip Hop My House. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are great shows. How can uh, we, what would like Pimp My Lawn, Hip Hop My Lawn look like to you? Because, you know, like we like to keep it hip hop over here. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are, so when you, when thinking about this question, there's two people that pop into my mind that mm-hmm. I think there. So it's a partner team um, and their firm is called Typophila. And mm-hmm. they are just like on the cutting edge of all representation mm-hmm. for like how you see uh, like your redesign lawns. So, like they use they use 3D modeling. They use drones. They use the scanners. They use like all wow. the technology. Like it is the coolest thing. So like I imagine if there was ever a show, it'd be like maybe I would do the sketch and the design and the concept and then I'd hand it off to Eric and Nahal and then they would like make those cool renderings to show like, and this is what it's going to look like. And this is how it would work. (laughs) And I would say, so then I would like, in order to get to that point, your beginning steps are like thinking about how you want to use your space and be realistic. Like if you don't go outside, then don't talk about building a space where you're always outside. Like don't, do that to yourself that you're just like wasting money um yeah what you can do instead is like spend money on like a bunch of different plants so that way if you're not outside you at least have a beautiful view from where you are that's not just a lawn yeah right like there's something for everybody that's how i like to look at it and then if you really do want to be outside then you start to like think about how you what's easiest for you like don't say you want to put your like veggie garden at the other end of your yard when you really only want to walk five feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like being realistic with yourself and understanding that you get to control your space mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. really important because a lot of people don't have that connection with outdoor spaces. So if you're ever wanting to pimp your yard make sure it's what you want and how you would use the space and also take your time because landscapes do not happen overnight. Uh. I can give you the best design ever and you will not see the vision for another three to five years because plants are living things. Things have to grow in. So like whenever you're like someone's designing a space, they're designing years out. They're not designing for day one. Gotcha. I think that's the biggest difference between like people who think about architect and landscape Mm -hmm. architect. So like Mm -hmm. an architect builds a building that will more likely than not, won't be more valuable or more attractive or more beautiful than day one. Like everything else, it goes down, it goes down because it gets worn. Landscape architecture is the opposite. It, it will be the most valuable years and years and years (laughs) 
from day one. And sometimes that means 50 years. Sometimes that means 25. Sometimes that means 100. Like it will not be valuable on day one. So like that's a huge difference. So keep that in mind when you're trying to pimp Yes. I will keep that in mind because I know like I, I obviously I don't like bugs. Mm-hmm, but I do mm-hmm. if I do go out there, like have my girls over, I want to sit and eat. I want it to like be pretty. And I love that you made that point that when you look out the window, you want it to look pretty like, yeah, that's what I want. Are there what's like an equivalent to like the flashiest gold chain of plants? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. What's like some um, jazzy, jazzy plants we could like look at that just okay. come, I don't want to like make it too hard on yourself, but you know, no. next time we're at like the nursery. Oh What's my like God. the jazziest that people are like, dang. <laughs> so I think a big one that people probably like see would be a like cherry blossom tree. Something that's just so, you know, people love the cherry blossoms. It seems like kind of like, okay, sometimes it's overused, but it's freaking beautiful. Okay. It's like everyone who is someone has that like blooming really showy flower so if you're talking about the gold chain of (laughs) of landscape it's probably a cherry tree just because they're so showy um that or like a magnolia tree like those are also really gorgeous so like that to me those i will put those in the the gold chain category um okay (laughs) and when it comes to like uh, like maybe more refined of like luxury peonies. Yes. Depending on where you live, oh, I love different... those. See, exactly. It's like peonies, but they're finicky and they're they're also like they have one bloom and then they're done. So it's like you got to really appreciate them. You got to put in all that work to grow them and make them happy, and then enjoy them while you got them, and then they go right. Like yeah. that is another one that's like people love them. So many people love them. And you got to really, that's a luxury item. I feel like. Yeah, Yeah, that, those, those are good. Yeah, those are pretty jazzy. Like I haven't seen the magnolia tree, but I have seen a cherry blossom tree. Yeah. So that sounds pretty, pretty fancy. I love fancy. So that's great. I know. Yeah. Fancy is like really fun, but there's a lot of like native plants that I love to work with. There are a lot less showy plants that I, I work with but that's the thing there's so much to work with and depending on what you care about like some if you care about jazzy then i don't necessarily need to think about pollinators and uh well no that's a lie i'll always think about pollinators yeah. <laughs> but i'll know how to like highlight those really showy pieces for you yeah you, know? you can blend it right oh can you yeah. like blend the jazzy with the native happens all the and time is jazzy. I, yeah. Not, yeah i was gonna say like native can be super jazzy like witch hazels they're yellow and they oh wait no they're not they're not native actually don't i don't know don't ask you're me like, i don't know actually like, i'm like wait uh, a minute you chose 75 dollars to 150 dollars yeah. so, yeah, exactly. and then i will tell about you it. i will i will let you know I will research it <laughs> i will double check my my history i was reading a a like a plant book last night you think i would know but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way <laughs> sometimes that <laughs> recall is just not there well um, yeah there's yeah. it's just like endless of stuff to know like how could you know it all especially right off the cuff like this so yeah yeah well it i appreciate sense. that i was like mm, other landscape architects listening they'll be like that was a shame i'll be like yeah Okay. <laughs> your mom's ashamed. All right. Yeah. <laughs> your mom's ashamed. Don't, don't okay. come at me. They're like, dang, aren't y'all trying to be, aren't you a mom? Aren't you trying to be a mom? Like, 
We are oh my gosh. dynamic people. Yeah, we are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Macy, thanks so much for talking to me about all this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I you know, just spreading that good, good ministry word on landscape architecture. Just trying to keep me out here. <laughs> Listen, I think that's so true. You know what? Especially for black and brown folks, because we're so jazzy anyway. And I'm just like, I want the full jazzy experience from yeah. everything. Even when we look out, like, I do have, like, green grass. But, like, my backyard is what I can control. And it's mm-hmm. like, how can I make it jazzy? And then even, like, in my neighborhoods, like, what can I do? You know, it and like I'm always just like thinking of like social practice community efforts. And so I feel like these types of conversations, this ministry is just as important because it's like, dude, what if like you can get a bunch of like, I don't even know if that's possible in Chicago, but like <laughs> cherry blossom street, <laughs> cherry blossom trees down 87th street. Like how dope would that be? Like, <laughs> I don't know. You it's know? like, yeah. And, and just on that real quick, because there's two things that popped in my mind is like, yeah, the more people know, the more they can kind of push for what works for them in these like public settings, too, because there are reasons why certain trees aren't allowed. But also it's worth a conversation like and it's also worth that being like yeah, a, con- a dialogue between city or like public and then public service. Like if the public wants something and they think it's going to be beneficial, then it allows for them to have an actual conversation about why it does or doesn't work. Yeah, hugely beneficial. But when you were saying like you want jazzy and like people of color, I 100% agree with you. That was actually another reason the podcast started is because I asked the question at school, why don't we have pink streets? And none of my teachers could answer. So I'm going to use this as a way to plug my friend Divine because she is from Burundi and she just has a total different sensibility of like what could be. And I think you would absolutely have a blast talking to her because like, you and me talking, it's like nerdy level and we're like navigating <laughs> our like Western sensibilities and like American sensibilities of what we know in that. And like I'm trying to put in like landscape in that frame. But for her, it's so much more global and yeah. like it's so much more fun. Like I can get there. I just don't sound I, I get there and I yeah. enjoy it. Sure, <laughs> like, of course, but, of course. but I am very much so like an educator in that way so i like i really feed off of like who i'm talking to but divine is so much her that she will tell you about (laughs) what this landscape could be she's gonna tell you what the colors can be she can paint that picture and i think you would love love talking to her yeah i'm so mind blown like i didn't even think about the streets could be a different color like that's what i'm saying it's like i'm working in this like all right we turquoise gravel or something like yeah, it's that like, would why... be so fun. Yeah, like what? What? What are the possibilities? Like we have a, our our world here in the U.S. is so gray. It's like yeah. so gray and green. Like that's about it. Like you're talking about lawns. It's like gray and green, but it could be so much more than that. So much more than that. And we don't even get to touch on that because we're just trying to get people to not be obsessed with lawns. Like, that's where yeah. I think, <laughs> like, we're just, like, trying to get that as that baseline. I know, like, right? It's like, we're trying to get folks to not, like, yell at the kids, walk into the corner yes. store, that, that, like, roll their bike over your grass, and, like, now yeah. you're out cursing folks out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. You got to get it together. Baby steps. <laughs> For sure. Well, that's good to know. And, yeah, I'm so excited, so energized from this conversation. Oh, so I really appreciate it. 
Well, I appreciate you having me. Let me know anytime. Anytime you want to talk, um, I'm here. Yeah, I was going to say, is there anything else? Yes, oh, anything else before we anything call else. the conversation complete? Oh, yeah, just because, you know, you and I both being women of color, like, I know I'm very ambiguous looking, but my father is black. Um, <laughs> so I knew I, I knew you were I, black. I, 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 okay, good. <laughs> um, some people don't know. And I'm like, all right. Um, but there is an organization that's been so wonderful to work with, and they are called Black Land. So they're the Black Landscape Architecture Network. And they really helped me kind of stay connected, especially during 2020 and onward, of yeah. like, how do you find your voice and space in this profession that has been so white and so male and so like narrow that that's how I'm connected to people who are really just pushing boundaries and I'm all for it. But I just wanted to plug them because they deserve so much credit for like supporting this kind of content, supporting like design and art conversations. Yeah. Black people. So, yeah, no. And I'm so excited for you, like with this podcast, you're like speaking like you're really um, as you may not even realize, you know, like becoming a face and voice, you know, in landscape design, (laughs) architecture, you know, and I think that's so cool, like just as your friend to see that developing, you know, because especially from the outside in, because like we could talk about this stuff and talk about like the details of like our creative practices of our podcast and all that kind of stuff. But then like outside, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is like really becoming like a thing. And I, and what (laughs) I love too, is because I love, like I'm multidisciplined, like I do all sorts of different things, but I think too, it's something like when there's in the niche, but then also it's not really even a niche because there's so many levels within that, within Mm -hmm. landscape. So (laughs) I just love when it's like, to me, it seems like, okay, this is super focused, you know, Super dedicated, and I love that. But then, even learning from talking to you today, how it's just like even still levels in it. So I love it, and I'm here for it. You know, yay! I always say, if you've been outside, there's something for us to talk about. Yeah, that's really. We stay outside, especially summertime. (laughs) Exactly. So summertime. So I expect to be talking to a lot of people. That's what I expect. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning into the Nosy AF podcast with me, your host, your friend, Stephanie Graham. I'm so glad that you made it to the end of this conversation. Please kindly let me know what you thought by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening right now. You can also connect with me at nosyaf.com via the Say Hello button. And if you're curious about what's going on in my art and film life, please visit my website at missgram.com. Oh, and also, if there is someone that you're nosy about and you want me to have them on the show, please send suggestions via the same hello button and I will check them out. Until next time, thank you so much for being you and see you soon. Peace.